Our sponsor today, Manscaped, has you covered to keep your hair looking nice and trimmed and you feeling fully supported. The premium lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof, includes an LED light, and is made with advanced skin-safe technology, which reduces nicks and cuts. You can get this trimmer inside the Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Reserver and the Crop Reviver, both super practical, and they smell great too. Plus, for a limited time, when you order the Perfect Package kit, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code THEATHLETIC20. 15, 15. We're breaking down the deadline deals with the Padres, Marlins, and Blue Jays taking center stage. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. I have but, not had uh, three cold brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Tuesday, September 1st. I'm Alan Melker. I am here with Michael Beller. And we're going to talk about everybody becoming a San Diego Padre, right? <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> we are. Uh, not quite, but I, well, I'm sure we'll be dedicating a good portion of the show to uh, players becoming Padre. So let's start with the big, big deal from the uh, deadline. Uh, Mike Clevenger going to the Padres along with Greg Allen and a player to be named later from Cleveland. Going the other way, Josh Naylor, Cal Quantrill, Austin Hedges. And uh, three prospects, uh, Gabriel Arias, Owen Miller, and Joey Cantillo. Go. Uh, now, uh, uh, do, you see, do you see any uh, value change for Clevenger? And um, the, you know, what are the, the major impacts here? Yeah, I don't see any value change for Mike Clevenger. He was already one of the six best pitchers in Major League Baseball, seven best pitchers somewhere in there. On certain days, the very best pitcher in Major League Baseball. Maybe there's a little ballpark boost, but when you're already that good, you're still that good. So Mike Clevenger, uh, just what a get for uh, the San Diego Padres here. Just imagine what that rotation is going to look like over the next couple of seasons. I mean, yeesh, they have built themselves a powerhouse potentially in San Diego. I think the biggest news here uh, from a fantasy perspective probably goes to Josh Naylor because he's going to play every day. I mean, the Indians have been trying to get consistent outfield play for like a decade, it feels like now, right? I mean, and Michael Brantley for a while there, Grady Sizemore for a while there, but they have just been desperate for some consistent outfield play. And I'm not saying that Josh Naylor is necessarily going to provide it, but he's going to get the opportunity to provide it. So I think when we're looking at this from a fantasy perspective, that's the biggest news here. Josh Naylor going to get a shot at an everyday everyday job with the Indians for the rest of the season. Certainly viable right off the bat in AL only. I, I take a wait-and-see approach in most mixed leagues, but uh, there definitely could be something to see here, and uh, I'm excited to see what he can do now that he has a line on everyday playing time, no doubt about it. Yeah, he hasn't really produced much so far in 2020, but hasn't been able to get that regular playing time. So uh, no no guarantee that he's going to be an impact player, but at least he gets a chance to be now uh, with Cleveland. And, you know, initially I thought maybe this would be a good move for Cal Quantrill, but um, with Clevenger gone, uh, what the Indians have done is they've just uh, slid Zach Plezak into his spot. So Unfortunately for Quantrill, he kind of winds up right back in a very similar situation mm-hmm. with kind of a, a crowded rotation situation and, and probably being 
a long man uh, out of the bullpen and maybe making the occasional start. So I don't see much of a, at least a short-term change there for, uh, for Cal Quantrill. Uh, but there were some other deals involving the Padres. And of course, this is not even including the ones we've already talked about on previous episodes, like uh, Trevor Rosenthal uh, moving uh, to San Diego. Uh, they picked up uh, Taylor Williams also for the bullpen. We've got some other relievers, too. So they really reinforced that bullpen, which has really been depleted, uh, getting him from the Mariners. Of course, Williams had been the closer for the Mariners. Um, so that brings, uh, I would think, probably Yoshihisa Hirano into play. Uh, is that a situation that's worth speculating on, Michael? Or, um, I mean, are you interested in Hirano? Do you think he split saves there? Um, what's what's the urgency for fantasy? Yeah, I think I'm going to surprise you, Al. I actually am interested in Yoshihisa Hirano. I'm usually selling these situations, but it feels as though he's got a clear line on being the guy in the ninth inning. So that is a little bit different from some of the other situations that we've talked about. Hard to see anyone else beating him out for saves, and I would think that he would get a little bit of a leash from Scott Service there to start off, and I think he can contribute uh, in ways other than saves too. Decent enough strikeout upside. We've seen him have good ratios previously in his career in Arizona, so I do think that he is someone who is worth targeting in a big way uh, on waivers this week. And Taylor Williams, sorry to say your uh, days of fantasy relevance, at least in 2020, are gone. There's just too many guys. I mean, he's been good this year, right? But I mean, even how many guys would he have to fight through to get into the ninth inning in San Diego? What a great pickup, I think, for the Padres, given the injuries they've had in that bullpen and uh, the way they built the team coming into the year that they thought the bullpen was going to be a strength. But uh, we'll be checking back in on Taylor Williams uh, either in 2021 or after a rash of injuries in the Padres bullpen sometime in the next uh, month or so. Yeah, well, they don't need that. <laughs> They've already gone through that. It's really no, they definitely don't they, need that. <laughs> they they had such a deep bullpen, and then um, you had all those injuries, and now they've just reloaded it. And um, part of the reason that I think you and I are both interested in Hirano is because Will, Williams wasn't the only Mariners reliever to go to San Diego. We actually just missed this deal uh, when we were taping on Sunday night for the Monday morning show. Mm-hmm. Uh, a big seven-player deal between the um, – <laughs> between AJ Preller uh, and, um, and Jerry Depoto, uh, you figured you know this was just going to happen at some point, right? So Austin Nola, probably the biggest name uh, going from Seattle to San Diego, but a couple of, of their better relievers, Austin Adams and Dan Altavia, uh, going to San Diego. Adams has been out, uh, but he is expected to return soon from his knee injury. So another really promising arm uh, for the the Padres bullpen. And then uh, going to Seattle, Ty France, Taylor Trammell, Andres Munoz, and Luis Torrens. So a couple of good prospects. Um, Munoz potentially uh, an important part of their bullpen uh, in the future. And then Ty France, um, you know, who could probably plug in, um, you know, all over the infield. Yeah, Austin Nola going to San Diego is an interesting one for me. Um, you know, he hit, hit 269, 342, 454 last year uh, in about half a season's worth of plate appearances. This year, 306, 373, 531, five homers already in 110 plate appearances. Pretty interesting get for San Diego. Uh, really good haul for Seattle as well. I mean, Austin Nola is a nice player, but already 30 years old and 
probably not going to be part of the next good team in Seattle. So uh, really nice job by uh, Jerry Depoto flipping this, uh, flipping what, what had become a really nice player and uh, getting a lot for him. Uh, Austin Nola, it's going to be interesting, right? I mean, they totally remade their catching group on the fly. Talk about that too. Austin Hedges and Francisco Mejia to start the season. Hedges is out. Mejia's on the IL. Now they've got Austin Nola and Jason Castro from another deadline deal by A.J. Preller. Obviously, they're going to split time, but Austin Nola, I think, should be the primary guy here. Um, probably pretty we- pretty widely owned in mixers, but still uh, a nice get for San Diego and a guy who, if he's out there, uh, should be added, I would say, across the board. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. So uh, we do have to save some time for the non-Padres deal. So uh, we're <laughs> going to get to those in just a moment. But first, a word from one of our sponsors. All right, Michael, well, let's hit the rest of the deadline day action here. Um, a lot of pitching uh, going back and forth. Um, the A's picking up a starter, and that's not necessarily a team I was expecting uh, to make a, a move to reinforce the rotation, but they did, getting Mike Miner from the Rangers for a couple of prospects, Marcus Smith and Dustin Harris. Uh, so what is uh, this is a little confusing to me. Uh, it, is this maybe signal something sort of ominous for Frankie Montas, who just has not been able to, to get it together lately, or a six-man rotation, or you know, how do you see this playing out? Yeah, I think it could definitely be um, something with Montas, but if the acquisition cost is right, you don't necessarily need, quote, a spot for the guy, uh, especially when you have designs on making a deep postseason run, as Oakland does. At this point, you're pretty much already locked into the playoffs with the way they've played over the first month of the season. So I don't know if we need to read anything into it beyond it was a good available player and they had the right price uh, for for Texas to say yes. Um, So the good team making a good move. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, definitely fills a need there for somebody who can chew up some innings. Uh, the Blue Jays and the Marlins were both very active, and they, in fact, um, hooked up on a deal with each other. But um, the Blue Jays picking up a couple of pitchers, a uh, couple of uh, presumably starting pitchers, getting Robbie Ray uh, in exchange for reliever Tra- Travis Bergen. And from the Dodgers, they get Ross Stripling for a couple of players to be named later. Um, and then a uh, third deal that they made was with the Marlins getting Jonathan VR uh, in exchange for uh, Mr. Marlin Jr., uh, Griffin Conine. Uh, so getting <laughs> a familiar name in a familiar place there. But uh, Ray and Stripling, uh, you know, neither one has met expectations. I mean, Ray has just not been really good at all. But the thing is now th- suddenly the Blue Jays have some rotation depth. So if it doesn't work out for Robbie Ray, maybe they put him in long relief or something. But um are you hopeful for either Ray or Stripling that they will improve with the change of scenery? I think both guys are worth taking a look at uh, for fantasy purposes because they both have their charms. I don't know if either of them are going to turn it around in a way that they stick around on fantasy teams, and I've never really been a big Robbie Ray guy. Just something about lefties who don't throw change-ups always concern me. It always feels like that uh, that the uh, when they don't have the platoon advantage that they are left open two really damaging results but uh, I think both guys are you know worth throwing uh, some you know short-term love at and see if the change of scenery is something that does them some good this season both of them obviously have their upside so uh, you could definitely do worse than uh, adding one of these two guys or both of these guys and seeing what they've got in their first couple of outings with the Blue Jays 
Yeah, no, uh, definitely looking for better things from uh, from both of those pitchers. And um, moving on to the Marlins now, again, uh, getting rid of Jonathan VR, sending him to Toronto, uh, but getting Starling Marte from the Diamondbacks. And Diamondbacks very active, of course. Uh, Robbie Ray, just a part of that. Starling Marte, just a part of their activity. So Starling Marte is a Marlin now. Um, in exchange, the Diamondbacks got Caleb Smith, Umberto Mejia, and a player to be named later. So Marte obviously plugging right into the Marlins lineup, uh, probably hitting right in the middle of the order there. Um, but who do you think fills the void in Arizona in terms of center field? I will admit I've got a rooting interest fantasy-wise in Tim LoCastro, uh, who I have an NL only for the steals. Maybe that'll finally pay off. Um, but it seems very unclear to me who might uh, might fill that void. Yeah, it's unclear to me too. Let me just say that this is the one deal that really surprised me to see the Marlins swing a deal like this for Starling Marte. I mean, they're in it, but this is a trade that commits them uh, to Marte for at least one more year, right? So, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it, an interesting trade, a, a non-Marlin sort of move, uh, and that definitely caught my eye. I like to see a team like this being aggressive. Uh, you look back at Arizona, I don't know if there is going to be a permanent answer uh, for for their center field uh, situation for the rest of the season. I do. I'm not just trying to, you know, like be your pal and and, and team up with you. I do like LeCastro. I mean, at least he does have that, uh, that, that stolen base ability. But I think this is going to be a situation where they do a lot of mixing and matching. I think we'll see John Jay out there a bit. Um, obviously, you can maybe see uh, Ketel Marte move back out to center field and they could play around with their infield. Maybe you move Eduardo Escobar over to second, get Jake Lamb in there at third. I think it's going to be more that than anything. I don't think we're going to see anyone take over those center field at-bats. I think we're going to see a lot of guys mix and match. Maybe it even ends up being you know Dalton Varsho bumping out to a corner outfield spot a little bit more. I just think we're going to see a lot of mixing and matching in this team, trying to get a sense of what they have in, for, in store for 2021 because it's going to take a big turnaround without the guy who's been their best player to date for them to get in the 2020 playoff mix. Yeah. And uh, as you pointed out indirectly, they, they broke up the Marte party. So uh, it was uh, so short lived. <laughs> it really was. And just one more note on the Marlins too. So I think that's very interesting um, in that um, in trading away Jonathan VR, there's a potential replacement in Isan Diaz who is applying for reinstatement from opting out. So um, in fact, that may have been part of the impetus to trade Jonathan VR. So um, I already went and put a bid on, on him and, and I'll only where he was dropped, maybe even useful in some mixers as well. And sticking with the Diamondbacks, another trade um, where they're selling off Archie Bradley to the Reds in exchange for Josh Van Meter and Stuart Fairchild. Um, any worries here about really either of them, uh, especially Rysel Iglesias, because you figure he it was not really a job for him to lose. But with Archie Bradley in town, uh, is it a situation maybe where they share saves and they both lose value? This was a team that really had a lot of bullpen issues, uh, and Iglesias was part of it. But uh, I, I don't know if we can necessarily say that um, it's not just a, a move to shore up the bullpen and um, you know, maybe Archie Bradley entirely loses his value or Rysel Iglesias entirely loses his value. I'm obviously not making any rash moves with either of them. Let's see how David Bell plays this for the next couple of days. At present, I would bet on it being generally a little bit of bad news for both of them. Yeah, and uh, somebody also due to lose some playing time in the outfield because the Reds picked up Brian Goodwin from the Angels and also saw a couple of um, beat writers uh, on Twitter saying that um, they they brought up uh, Aristides Aquino and expect him to play 
pretty close to every day going forward. So my guess is um, maybe Shogo Akiyama loses some playing time. Uh, maybe Goodwin gets gets a little time in center field. Uh, maybe it's a rotation. So we'll have to see how that plays out. And some outfield intrigue in Colorado as well. They picked up Kevin Pillar. So lots of groaning on Twitter over this one uh, because already people are frustrated with the lack of playing time for Garrett Hampson. That probably isn't going to get any better. Uh, he and Matt Kemp and Sam Hilliard maybe all take a hit in playing time with Kevin Pillar coming to Colorado. The Mets get Todd Frazier back. Uh, they also get Robinson Chirinos and Miguel Castro, who was uh, having a good and I'd say interesting season with the Orioles, uh, suddenly becoming a big time strikeout pitcher. So uh, I would think maybe he enters the the high leverage uh, situation there uh, with the Mets. And just a couple other notes regarding the Pirates. Uh, they're going to call up Brian Hayes. Also, Colin Moran coming back off of the IL uh, from a concussion and sending down Will Craig. So a little bit of a jumbling there in terms of the third base situation. We'll keep an eye on that. And uh, also, we've really been focusing on kind of the redraft impact of all these trades. We haven't really talked too much about uh, prospects here. But fortunately, Keith Law has you covered in The Athletic, our featured read today. Thoughts on the Padres shopping spree and prospects on the move. That's from Keith Law, so check that out. And that's going to be it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that allows you to leave a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it if you take the time to do that. For Michael Beller, I'm Al Melker, and we'll return right here on Wednesday. Mm-hmm.